0: The Eleven to One Show.
1: L M F M. Offensive Bond books to be rewritten. Are we right to be allowing this censorship? More discussion next. Close your eyes. Give me- this doesn't sit well with me at all. I feel that this is just taking censorship to the extreme. We are now censoring work that has been popular for decades and changing this work without the consent of the author. Over the weekend, you might have heard it was announced that Ian Fleming's hit spy novels, James Bond, were being republished with many changes to the language. This was all following a review by sensitivity readers. Yes, we now have Sensitivity readers, which I'm more than concerned about as well. Now, many of the changes concerned racist language in the James Bond books. So there was numerous racial slurs that were just cut out entirely. Right now, other material, including uh, fairly derogatory remarks about Asians and an appalling reference to the sweet tang of rape. Okay, I'm quoting there. They weren't censored at all. Okay, so make of that what you will. Now. This comes just days after it was reported that Roald Dahl's books would also be reprinted. I just see so many problems with this right now. Whilst obviously I don't condone racist language, I also don't condone sanitising of books. Like, are we to rewrite entire passages now of books like To Kill a Mockingbird to take out all the racist language in that this is not a new thing, by the way. This was done as well to a lot of the work by Enid Blyton. And there was a huge uproar about that at the time. I think it was maybe back in 2016. The main issue here, right? These artists have a right to the creative integrity of their work. OK, like Roald Dahl. No angel. Absolutely not by any means. But he also now doesn't have any say over what we're doing to his work. And I think when it references particularly to Roald Dahl uh, and, and the changes here, these are very strange. Okay, so apparently... A lot of the the stuff that was changed in Roald Dahl has to do with, you know, things like, say, in James and the Giant Peach, there's references to cloud men. That's now cloud people. Uh, Apparently, the children in Fantastic Mr. Fox, who were all boys, are now all daughters. They're just changed completely to all daughters. Um, Things like the word queer is taken out. She looked queer uh, and strange is put in. Um, There's also entire sentences about characters who have quote unquote unfortunate bulging uh, figures or children who turn out to be, again, quoting delinquents and dropouts. So they're all taken out, right? Now, this is crucial. Passages not written by Roald Dahl have been added in, right? So in the witches, there's a paragraph that explains witches are bald beneath their wigs, wigs, ending with the new line. There are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Seriously? The addition of that line makes no sense. You are now highlighting something that people may not even pick up on? Are they assuming that children are going to think that any bald woman is a witch? Really? So my question, should we be allowed to edit the work of dead authors, even if Roald Dahl's estate, who hold the legal rights over his books, even if they allow it? We do not have his consent though, okay, crucially. You know, are we to edit out all characters who exist in books or, or films that ma- for that matter that are racist uh, prejudiced in any sort of way are we just to erase them all from books and films and, and this kind of thing I loved Roald Dahl books and delighted in passages where children maybe get their revenge on adults who bullied them or the giants that eat up the human beings you know at the end of the day it's a book And yes, life is ugly, but censoring passages of book is not going to stop horrible people being horrible if that's what the incentive is here, you know. Surely there's a less intrusive way to maybe flag things, right? So my idea would be that in the foreword of the books of of Roald Dahl that we, you know, maybe have uh, flags to, you know, offensive language or outdated beliefs that people might find harmful. And you know, that could work because I discovered as well today in, in my Googling that the Warner Brothers, um, they show this disclaimer before outdated episodes of the Looney Tunes. So they have a little phrase that says, whilst these cartoons do not represent today's society, they are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming that these prejudices never existed. Wouldn't that be the way? to put them you know, in the forward of some of these books that have, you know, some of this language in terms of the racist undertones, that kind of thing. I say stop the nonsensical censorship and changing of these books because we, the authors have no say over the changes that we are making and adding in things, that's not their work. That's somebody else's version of what the, the guys should have said. It's. I think it's a big problem. It's a big problem, this idea of censoring work. And OK, you know, works like Roald Dahl and Ian Fleming are still popular today. But surely we have our own minds and sensibilities to kind of realise, OK, that's, you know, maybe of its time. We don't think like that today. But if we aren't, couldn't the publishers just put a foreword in the book, in the in the little, you know, a passage at the start this you know language you might find offensive flag it at the start as opposed to completely rewriting the work some of you getting in touch on 086 1800 658 just about what I'm talking about in terms of censorship I'll get to your messages I also have music from Dermot Kennedy on the way
0: the 11 to 1 show
1: It's all gone too far. Soon we'll be afraid to speak for offending somebody or something. Where is it all going to end? We are discussing the idea that there is a sensitive readers group out there that are going through books like uh, the ones written by Roald Dahl and the Bond books to remove any offensive language. And we're just kind of asking, should, first of all, we be censoring the work of authors that are deceased and have no say, say over what's going on? And should, Wouldn't something like a foreword at the front of the book explaining that, look, there is some language in here that people might find offensive. I mean, even that, I'm just kind of thinking, like, really? Like, do we even have to go to that point? I mean, I think when people pick up a book that was written in, you know, the 60s, that they're going to know that certain things are outdated and that we don't use this language now. Sinead, it's getting stupid how we phrase things. My nephew has pulled up for saying mankind. Sorry, what? A word that was used since God was a baby. Uh, that's coming in from Betty. So he was pulled up for saying mankind or instead of humankind, is it? I mean, come on. That's, you know, that's a bit ridiculous too. Sinead, people are going mad. Nothing wrong with uh, Roald Dahl. We all read them. It doesn't mean you think somebody with a dishevelled appearance is a twit. <laughs> yeah. That's bringing it right down, I suppose and maybe but he, I know he wrote the twits and described the twits um if you read the passage, it's you know about if you do nice things to people, you'll shine you know your appearance will be lovely. However, if you're mean and nasty, it'll start to show in your appearance and this is kind of what he said for the for the twits and I thought that was a lovely way of you know kind of highlighting the the need for children to be good and, and be nice to people. Wouldn't it be better to educate people? About appropriate language, you know, instead of censoring the past or glossing over it, uh, that that behaviour went on. Surely there are enough books out there now promoting diversity and inclusivity, perhaps supporting authors that are doing this as opposed to censoring the likes of Bond. Yeah, exactly. There are plenty of authors out there that are, you know, very much, uh, you know, being inclusive and more diverse and all that kind of thing. It's political correctness gone mad. Too many snowflakes out there, says another message coming in. Also, this is coming in from a regular listener, Anton. Uh, do we rewrite the Bible? Do we accept that water was turned into wine, the loaves and fishes story, the blessed virgin stories, etc.? Well, this is it, you know, a lot of this, you know, th- this is I mean, it just comes down to that too. I mean, but people may say that as well, that the Bible has been rewritten in new versions. And oh, Anton, we could get into such a debate about that as well. We really could. Uh, do keep those coming in 086-1800-658. Dermot Kennedy, something to someone. I read all the Roald Dahl books by the age of nine. Yeah, I think I was fairly young reading them as well between maybe sort of 9, 10, 11 around that Erin uh, my daughter had them read them by 8 now this has gone out of hand it's PC gone crazy I think we need a Father Ted style protest against the PC gang down with this sort of thing oh I need a lie down says Kells. well Mina we could have a bit of a protest because uh, comedian Joe Rooney is going to be joining us in the second half of the show we can get his views on this maybe he might lead the charge no better man Getting back to the present moment, here's Paul Simon for you. Jamie on 0861800658, I very seldom agree with Piers Morgan, as do I, but he did a piece on all of this, uh, the censorship of books and, and rewriting them. I do wonder how far this society will go to reverse all of our predefined norms, almost just to make a point, a book is a book. A print that captures moments in time, the moment it was published. The second a book is printed, it becomes outdated. I say reader's choice, leave as the author intended. Very good point very good point Jamie and yes i rarely agree with pierce morgan either but i have to say i do agree with him on on this point is there anyone listening who thinks that you know offensive language should be rewritten like is there anyone on the other side i uh, would love to hear from you as well 086 658 we are going to have our regular check in with the citizens information this time we are discussing redundancy rights with the branch in Dundalk. we'll bring you that after these
0: the 11 to 1 show.
2: L-M-F-M.
1: What would you do if you were made redundant? What are your rights and entitlements? Sive Mulligan from Dundalk branch of Citizens
2: Information has all the details. Good morning. This morning I'm going to be speaking with you about redundancy. Now there is a huge amount of information on our website about redundancy payments, redundancy procedures, um, statutory redundancy etc. This is just a brief overview about redundancy, what it is, etc. Um, you can have a look on the website for more detailed information. So to start with, where you lose your job because your employer is closing the business or reducing the number of staff, this is known as redundancy. And a redundancy situation arises if your job ceases to exist and you are not replaced. So your job ceases to exist and you are not replaced. And reasons for redundancy could include financial difficulties within the business, a lack of work, reorganization within the business, or the actual business is closing down. You have a minimum entitlement to a redundancy payment after you have two years service, and this is known as statutory redundancy. If you do qualify for redundancy, employers and employees must follow specific redundancy procedures to comply with the legislation. And as I said, there's information on that on our website, citizensinformation.ie. To be eligible for a redundancy payment, you must be aged 16 or over. You must be in employment that is insurable under the Social Welfare Acts. You must have worked continuously for your employer for at least 104 weeks over the age of 16. And you must have been made redundant, that is, dismissed from your job. Now, there are some situations which will not break the continuity of your service. Um, Examples of these would be if you were on maternity leave or paternity leave, adoptive leave, parental leave, parents' leave or carers' leave. Or possibly if you were off work through illness, an agreed absence, holidays, or layoff. And these are just some of the situations, and there are more detailed on our website. With regard to part time workers, they cannot have less favourable conditions, and this is by law, they cannot have less favourable conditions of employment than comparable full time workers. So, what that means is that part time workers, including casual workers, also may have a right to statutory redundancy. They must still meet the requirement for two years continuous service, as we spoke about already. Your employer should use fair and reasonable selection criteria in choosing people to make redundant. And if you feel that your employer has selected you unfairly or that a genuine redundancy situation did not exist, you are entitled to bring a claim for unfair dismissal. And you can have a look at more information, as I say, on our website or or have a chat with one of us about that. Your employer also must consult with you before deciding to make you redundant. Before your employer makes you redundant, they might offer you another job in the business. And this is what's known as alternative work. Any offer of alternative work should be given to you in writing and you're entitled to full information about that offer. You can take up alternative work role on a trial basis. Sorry, you can take up an alternative role on a trial basis for up to 4 weeks. With regard to notice about redundancy, you're entitled to a minimum of 2 weeks written notice of redundancy, and that notice period goes up depending on your period of service. In other words, depending on how long you've worked for your employer. And again, there's a table on our website which gives you the details of those. Your employer should pay the redundancy lump sum due to you on the date your employment ends. If your employer is paying you the the redundancy lump sum, they don't have to submit any online application, um, which would have been called uh, the RP50 form. However, your employer should get proof that they paid your lump sum to you and give you a copy of the proof of payment. If there's any... um, issue over getting the redundancy lump sum paid to you whether your employer is saying well I can't afford to pay it or I can only pay you this amount or whatever if any issue like that have a look on the website there's information about what you can do in those situations so do come to us and um, have a look on the website or or give us a, a phone call or an email or call into us and have a chat with us about that and we can go through the the procedures involved now i mentioned there the redundancy payment so we're talking here about the statutory redundancy payment and that's a lump sum payment it's based on your pay and the length of service if you're eligible you're entitled to two weeks pay for every year of service you have since you were 16 and one additional week's pay and the maximum weekly amount used to calculate redundancy pay is 600 euros a week or $31,200 a year, even if your pay is more per week. So as I mentioned at the beginning, it's just a very brief overview I've given you on statutory redundancy, although it might not seem it when you're listening to it. Do have a look at our website, citizensinformation.ie, for more detailed information. And even if you've looked at that and you, you need to speak with us um, about this or any other query you may have, you could contact either our Dundalk office or our Drogheda office. Now, we have drop-in clinics taking place, and from Tuesday the 7th of June, our drop-in clinics will be taking place each morning, that's Monday to Friday, from between the hours of 9.30am and 12.30pm. So that's from Tuesday the 7th of June 2022, the drop-in clinics will be taking place each morning between the hours of 9.30am and 12.30pm. Clients travelling to avail of a drop-in service are advised to call ahead to ensure that there has to be no short-term change to those opening hours and please do come early as it can be very busy. Alternatively you can telephone or email us in either our Dundalk or our Drogheda office. The telephone number for Dundalk 0818075950. 08 0818075950. That's 08 0818075950. And the number for Drahada office is 08 0818075940. That's 08 0818075940 for our Drahada office. If you get the answer machine and you wish to receive a callback. Do please leave a message with your first name and a valid telephone number. Alternatively, you can email your queries to us, and the email address for Dundalk is Dundalk at sitinfo.ie. That's Dundalk at c i t i n f o and the email address for Drogheda is Drogheda at sitinfo.ie. That's Drogheda at c i t i n f o dot I-E. so that's everything for today. And I will speak with you again in a few weeks. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much to Sive Mulligan for all of that information. Going to take a quick break. We're back with music from Shania Twain.
0: Oh, the eleven to one show. L-M-F-M. Meet Noel, hello, and Derek. Oh yeah, from Rice and Roddy Dundalk.
1: Shania Twain, feel like a woman. We are going back in time to this day, 1983, and a two-hour special of the last ever episode of MASH. LMFN Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 I'd say a series that probably wouldn't be allowed maybe on television again these days, but, Matt, a two hour special. Directed by the series star Alan Alda entitled Goodbye, Farewell and Amen. It aired uh, on this day in CBS uh, February 1983 and a record 125 million watched it at the time. And today is Rare Disease Day uh, held on the last day of February to raise awareness about diseases that most people will not know of as well as to improve access to treatment. So Rare Disease Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda Dundalk, and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. News at 12 is approaching, but after that, comedian Joe Rooney is with me. He's bringing Father Damo back to life. For a celebration of Father Ted, it's coming to Antón Art Centre in Dundalk. We'll chat to Joe after twelve. Oh,
0: L-M-F-M. The eleven to one show.
1: L-M-F-M. An Irish face is headed for Albert Square. More details on the way. Ellie Golding, love me like you do. On LMFM's eleven to one, an Irish face is headed for Albert Square. I know. I just love that. I would love that drum beat just anytime I said something anything sort of remotely dramatic that would just go do 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 do. Be amazing. Anyway, comedian Alison Spittle has announced that uh, she is going to be joining the cast of Eastenders. However, her announcement didn't go quite to plan. She fooled fans because she appeared to be announcing her pregnancy on Instagram only then to say that no, she's pregnant. In the soap. So she's going to be joining the UK uh, soap. She's going to be playing a pregnant character called Deborah. But she confused people when she revealed her new career move, with many thinking that she was announcing her pregnancy. So she she did write, I've been keeping this a secret for a while. And then there was an image of her with a very prominent bump. But now she's saying, I am not pregnant. In real life, I'm pregnant on these tenders, And she said, it's gone too far now. My mum's phone is hopping and it's in the news. So to be clear, Alison Spittle, definitely not pregnant, but 100% going to Albert Square. Now, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's this week or when she's going to make an appearance, but I'm excited. I do. Big, big fan of hers and I think she's going to liven up because sometimes these standards are a bit dreary, a bit grim, the storyline. So very much looking forward to seeing her take to Albert Square.
0: The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the
1: latest news and gossip on the LMFM app.
0: Hi, I'm Crossy. Paul Mescal has said people outside of Ireland are having trouble pronouncing his surname. He was speaking to The Hollywood Reporter during his photo shoot. People get confused with how to pronounce my name because of the drink Mescal. Everybody does it. I pronounce it Mescal and I wonder if I launched a tequila line. I would have to... I I would call it Mescal's Mescal. Jamie Lee Curtis was asked on the red carpet this week if she'd ever do the White Lotus. Jamie Lee immediately said yes. The show has become an instant cult classic around the world, with Jennifer Coolidge winning multiple awards for her role as Tanya. It's been hailed as a new version of Big Brother and Love Island of reality TV The Traitors became a smash hit for the BBC last year. It's back for a second season and now looking for contestants. Claudia Winkleman has more.
2: Hi, it's Claude here. Sorry to interrupt. I've got a small question for you. And yes, you're right. The cloak might be giving it away here's the thing can you spot a liar could you betray those around you how would you fare at the round table what i'm asking is would you like to play series two is happening if you'd like to take part please visit the bbc take part page and um
0: and castle That's the buzz I'm Crossy The
1: Buzz on LMFM Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app Oh such a good series The Traitors It is returning for series 2 on BBC Oh she was on Alison Spittle was on it last night She was on EastEnders for about 40 seconds Is she coming on to it on a regular basis? Yes It's not going to be just a 40 second thing She is going to be there for a little while uh, Thank you so much for clearing that up for me Now getting back to the music Here's a classic from Dirty Dancing Eric Carmen. Hungry as He famously played The sullen Father Demo In one of the greatest sitcoms of all time He's bringing him back For a celebration of Father Ted We're going to chat to comedian Joe Rooney next
0: oh, The 11 to 1 show
1: it's an iconic character. He played the sullen Father Demo in one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Now he is inviting us to join him for a night celebrating all things Father Ted. Comedian Joe Rooney is bringing his show, a celebration of Father Ted, to Antoine Art Centre on March the 3rd. I'm delighted he's in studio. How are Hi, you good. Yeah, good. Um, yeah.
3: Do, doing a lot of gigs at the minute. Doing this uh, over in the UK and I was over in Holland at the weekend doing stand-up. Not... Not this show But doing stand up So doing a lot of travelling
1: OK, but things are going well for you because I know co- since COVID, things were just a nightmare during lockdown yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So it's all yeah. picking back up, which is good news. Yeah,
3: yeah. People are coming out, I think, because they've been locked down so long. They're delighted to come out and see things. So that's good.
1: That is good. Yeah. Now, we have to just pay tribute because I've just realised that today, uh, 25 years ago, we lost Dermot Morgan. I mean, can yeah. you believe it? 25 years since Yeah, I can't.
3: No, it, it's unbelievable because um, at the time... It's weird, like, uh, I, I thought he was older, an older man. He was only 45, like, which is much younger than I am now. I, I just can't believe he was that young when he died, you know. And it was it, it was such a shock because it was the day after they'd finished shooting what they th- said would be the last episode. But it was a, the day after that. Wow. I mean, quite unbelievable. Like we were just saying before yeah. we came on air that he never even got to see that go, that last season go on air.
1: Yeah, and he never got to realise, you know, mm. like, God only knows what he would have created after and God only knows what he would have thought of the legacy of Father Ted. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, like, you know, he, he would have, have
3: loved thought? that because he'd struggled so much. Uh, he'd struggled for a while in R- with RTE and in Ireland and that was a huge break for him. But he, of course, he was enjoying it while those three seasons were being shot. But he, he probably still, like, I didn't realise that I'd still be talking about this show. And I only did one episode, <laughs> yeah. like 25 or 26 years later. So I'm sure he couldn't have even re- realised. And at the time, Andy, I know he was working on other stuff as well. And he'd written a sitcom about an Irish, like an Irish footballer, two guys sharing a flat or something. And uh, uh, he'd also started to appear on and uh, I Got News For You and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So things are really taking off for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it would have mm. it would have went. God only knows, you know what he would have done had, had he still been with us. So mm. so bringing me back then, how did you come to land this iconic part that actually, as you mentioned, only ended up in one episode, but yeah. was so so iconic. So what happened? Did you hear about the the part or what happened?
3: Uh, no, I was actually to, I got a call from one of the writers saying they wanted us to audition, which is unusual because normally you get contacted by a casting agent it's nothing to do with the writers but uh so maybe they had that idea of me playing that character and I know they did cast like that because they got like Patrick MacDonald playing Owen McLove is just totally that part Michael Redman playing Father Stone is that character <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> so maybe they did see something in me that was like a very immature young teenager <laughs> 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 in, even though I was in my 30s. But yeah. Um, so uh, I loved the, I Actually, when I auditioned, I didn't do the Dublin accent because I didn't specify that it was a Dublin
1: okay. accent.
3: So I did like a country accent. <laughs> Can you imagine? Who would you prefer? Oh, yes, it's a blur. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, then they said, try Dublin accent. Okay. And it really clicked then. And then the, they were kind of just saying... You know, I I was pretending to play the video games and just be a teenager. Okay. And they were laughing during the audition, so that felt good. I didn't know them for about a week. I got the part.
1: And did you have that sense of this is a huge show? Because at that stage, it's established, right? You know, Father Ted's established. It's kind of out there. People love it. But did you have this sense of pressure of this is a big show. i got to get this right.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll tell you why, because I loved the show. I was a fan of the show, so I really felt like when I... Like, I brought a video camera with me to video the set and everything. Wow. I was, like, a fan. Um, But it was during the shooting of the... Parts that we did in, like the way they shot Father Ted is that you do the outdoor stuff in County Clare mm-hmm. and it'd be around November, October, I think. And then it could be after Christmas before you actually did the indoor stuff oh, okay. in front of a live audience. And so when we're over there, they got nominated for a BAFTA. When we're over in London, around that time, they got nominated for a BAFTA. And then the feel on set was, oh, yeah, this could be this is becoming big. You could feel it, you know. Yeah, the energy. And, and so then, yeah, maybe I did feel a little bit of pressure, but it was so well rehearsed and everything and I loved the character and I felt really, it felt very natural doing that character for some reason. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, we yeah. mentioned the one episode that he's in. I mean, do you feel like he could, I think he could have popped up as a recurring character.
3: Yeah, everyone kept asking me that and I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And then it turns out I didn't turn up. <laughs> but yeah, he could have led... Uh, he could have tried to lead Douglas stray again in yeah. some other way. Maybe they thought he'd done his bit, you know. Yeah, you know.
1: And I, like I mean, it was so clever. It was tapping into things that we were talking about at the time. I mean, you mentioned it there, Oasis or Blur. Like I remember, like growing up, like mm. and 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 seeing this, like the arguments that the the bands would have at the Brit Awards with each other, and uh, it was totally tapping into that. And it's such a simple phrase, but totally was of that time.
3: Totally of that time, and to- like it was a. Big question, the big issue. And almost, <laughs> if you said Blur, you were an arty student type, yeah, weren't you? <laughs> yeah.
1: And if you said Oasis, you were just angry.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But at the time, I would. It would have been Oasis for me. It yeah. would have been without a doubt. Now I'd say Pulp. <laughs> oh yeah, I like pulp as
1: well. I did yeah. like pulp, yeah. And yeah. Uh, when you, so when you go on set and you're 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 ready to rock. I mean, mm. w- like, what's it Like, is there is it all biz? Because I mean, I just imagine that you're all breaking yourselves laughing in between bits. Or is there is there crack? Is there banter? Or is it very kind of right now? Come on, seriously. Uh, no, the
3: what? No, though, definitely was crack. I mean, yeah. Ha- when we did that very end of my episode, me and Ardle will play football, oh, and yeah. it's kind of the credits roll. That was just us having to crack, like staying in character. We were meant to be in the background while Father Ted talked to the guards. And we were just typical comedians trying to distract. Like we were meant to be just in the background, just messing around. But we tried our best to completely, uh, you know, uh, take not take the limelight, take the limelight yeah. away from the scene. And, uh, and uh, instead of being angry with us for doing that, they went, listen, that was really good. We're just going to put the camera on that. And then they showed it at the very end of the episode. So that's a, that was the good atmosphere we had there. You know, that that you could come up with something yourself and they were went with it, you yeah, know.
1: That's great. You yeah. put it in there. Yeah. And, and would this have been, because I know obviously you were working as a, a comedian at the time, but would, the, would you have considered this to have been your big break? Like, I'm on Father Ted.
3: Um, I didn't realise it at the time. It, it probably was a big break for me because eventually, as years went on, it was a kind of calling card. Mm. If people didn't know my name, Joe Rooney, they just I just put on the they just put on the poster Father Damo, and they go, oh, it's Father Damo. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> and I'm still doing that probably. Yeah, <laughs> so so it was a gradual thing. It, it, its popularity got bigger and bigger. Even I'd say even more now than it was at the time. It's it's amazing because the the younger people who weren't alive at the time Mm. are watching it.
1: Yeah, we're introducing our daughter to it and uh, she's 17 and she just thinks this is absolutely brilliant but like that it totally it's still relevant like she gets all the jokes it's got that like inherent Irish humour like that doesn't really sort of date too much I think, you know? No,
3: very few things have dated there might be mentions of Dana and they might know who Dana is or or, uh, the guy from Countdown but um. I watched I watch it a bit now myself, and there's stuff in it that you didn't get the first time. Yeah, it's very it's full of little references and jokes. Even the episode I'm in, I was like, it. I watched it a good bit because I'm doing this show. But there's a bit at the very beginning where Father Ted is telling a story about the fellow, and he's got the babysitter pregnant now, and and then Dougal says, "And when's his next confession?" And that and that's kind of a joke in itself. Yeah. And then at the very end of the episode, uh, it's the fella whose whistle was stolen. He got the babysitter pregnant. Uh everyone's sitting around no one knows what to say and Dougal goes so I hear your babysitter's pregnant and it's just references the very beginning of the show and it's just very clever that way you know Oh,
1: it is. the the writing Mm. like hands down has to be you know just commended it's just incredible so you know then you go on obviously and you do killing the Scully and you do other things Mm. um, and obviously you think you still think fondly of, of Father Ted but if you were to if you weren't given the part of Father Demo, and I know as you mentioned you're kind of casted because based on sort of yourself, but if you weren't, mm. was there any other random iconic character that popped up in other episodes? That you were like, oh, I would have loved to play that in Father
3: Ted. Yeah, yeah, uh, lots of them. I mean, the parts that. Brendan Grace played I love no that character dad. now I think he made that character the evil character I don't think they even wrote it that way he just decided to do it that way so but that, that I love that I would love to play that character <laughs> as well obviously I like kind of e evil characters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. brilliant and like just the whole jungle music element just added completely to all of that as well like uh, Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah,
3: yeah. And Pat Mustard. I I oh, yeah. I would have loved to play that. So, I probably wasn't old enough at the time but but I love that character yeah, he's, he's such
1: he's brilliant he is the such, man, such a ladies what, man That's what we're talking about yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the effect he has on Mrs Doyle is I'm, just
1: oh it's she's unbelievable like, oh. she's so she gets <laughs> in such a fluster and nobody <laughs> does that to Mrs Doyle she's always so you know in control in command all that sort of stuff um, but you know uh, you, you're bringing Father Damo back for this night of celebration in Anton in tell me about this because this is it's not just Father Demo. It's sort of everything that we know and love about Father Demo. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I bring in. Obviously, we I use the video and stuff, so we're showing little clips as well. But there's a lovely girls' competition, a dance and priest competition. We sing my lovely horse. Uh, the prizes are whistles that I stole. <laughs> stole the whistles. Um, and so yeah, it, it's it's a mixture of stand up music interaction with the audience, getting people up, doing the lovely girls. It's not just girls now, it's any boys or girls. So, yeah, you can't relax if you're a fella in the audience. I could be pulling (laughs) you up as well. Uh, And uh, we show, uh, like we do look at the episode I'm in, I'm afraid, sorry. A bit narcissistic there. But uh, also, I show little clips and things that you might not have noticed like some of the uh, bands and songs that are in the scoreboard for a uh, song for Europe there's some interesting bits there okay. uh, a very famous rock star who was who was in in Roxy Music and,
1: oh very good uh,
3: he was in uh, Father Ted
1: no way yeah I didn't yeah. did that yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just so just a few little
1: egg- Easter eggs for us. Yeah, a few
3: like little that. things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little quiz element to it as well. So the questions are, uh I answer the question by show by playing the clip. And so you know, I, I don't know if anyone knows what J- July 19th, what re- what happened on July 19th. If you any Father Ted fans might know that. <laughs>
1: you are putting me on the spot now. I'm having to think yeah. back through the catalog that's running through my head. I can't remember what July 19th is. It something to do with the the cup. Is it something to do with yeah? What is it? The big competition that the priests have. Well, it might, but it's like Father Ted asks
3: it, and he pulls off the the calendar, the strip, and he goes, "July nineteenth. What happened?" And and as um, sure I can't say, it, but Dougal okay. kind of curses at him. I I don't know you big B, and uh, he's going, "Are you reading those Roddy Doyle books again?" <laughs> 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 I am. Yeah, you big feckin' idiot. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but no, there's three things that happened on July 19th. I can't give it away because oh, no, it's part it of the show. Give yeah, it, yeah, give it yeah. away
1: on the night, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, as well as this, because I have to um, have a chat with you about this. You had made the foray into the filmmaking world, which I love. And I really hope that you're going to do more of this. And it was screened oh, yeah. last year at the Boyne Valley International Film Festival. It was absolutely brilliant short movie. Is it something that you're going to to do again? Did you get yeah. a taste for it?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I have written another short script that I want to shoot this year. I just hadn't time yet because I'm doing uh, college as well. but uh, uh, And a few other ideas. Obviously, I'd love to do a feature eventually, but definitely that's where I want to go. I'm studying multimedia in DCU. I'm kind of getting to know all the stuff behind the camera. And yes, I am writing all the time. So, so um, yeah, filmmaking. I, I know there's probably... No money in it or whatever. I just want to do it. You know?
1: Yeah, no, it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It really was so, so good, that movie. It really was brilliant. Well, look, yeah. I wish you continued success with everything that you're turning your hand to. It's been thanks, lovely Jeanette. having you in studio. Thank you so, so much for joining us today.
3: Uh, thanks for having me in. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks a million. Joe is bringing his celebration of Father Ted to Anton Arts Centre this Friday, March the 3rd. If you want tickets, Anton.ie. The
0: 11 to 1 show.
1: There's the cores. Love to love you. Viv in Delik has been on. She is thanking me for the tickets to the Seven Drunken Nights show, uh, which was happening at the weekend. Delighted you enjoyed it, Viv. And I just was looking up there because you're the the, the latest person to thank me for those tickets because there's been lots that have gotten in touch about that. There's no local dates, but... If you do fancy seeing Seven Drunken Nights The Story of the Dubliners it's actually on in the Helix in Dublin on the 5th of March and there's the last few tickets left on the website here if you want to check it out 7drunkennights.com but it seems then that there's a big UK tour I'm just scrolling through it here there's a big UK tour between um, March, May yeah it doesn't look like there's any local gigs for a little while so if you want to catch them the 5th of March in the Helix Centre and uh, the tickets there on there Website. LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Homestead are recruiting new and experienced caregivers in the Meath area. For more details, check out careers.homestead.ie. AIS Automation Limited Dundalk require a senior controls automation engineer. The salary ranges from fifty to 60000 Please apply with your CV to paul.d at aisautomation.ie. A Lynch Construction require a part-time office administrator for three to four days per week in the Meath area. Please apply with your CV to lisa at alynchconstruction.ie. Sheen and Transport require a HGV driver for the Cavan slash Meath area. Please submit your interest to Transport 22 at gmail.com. And McGee Farm Machinery Limited have a vacancy for an agricultural, sorry, an apprentice agricultural mechanic in the Lath area. So that's for an apprentice agricultural mechanic. Info at ie. Uh, they are also uh, looking for a qualified agricultural mechanic in the lathe area as well, and it's the same email info at McGeefarmmachinery.ie. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job search on LMFM.ie. LMFM Job Search. You two with the sweetest thing, Down Syndrome Northeast are encouraging us all to don the neon for a very good cause. We're going to find out more about this fundraiser. Joining me now to tell us more is Ben McKenna. He's Marketing and Communications Executive with the Down Syndrome Centre in the Northeast. How are you getting on, Ben?
4: Not too bad, Sinead. Thanks for having me on.
1: Great to have you on the show. Now This is always such a fun event, but tell us more about what 321 Go Neon is all about.
4: Absolutely. Uh, so 321 going Goneon is a virtual three-kilometre fundraising event uh, that takes place on the 26th of March. Um, the main aim of this event really is to create awareness um, for Down syndrome and to raise much-needed funds for our centre uh, here in Carragham Cross. Um, it's the third year the event's taken place and it's been very successful in previous years and we're just really looking forward to it again this year.
1: Yeah, it has been really successful in, in previous years. So what, tell me about the name now because the 321 and the Go Neon that's all very significant isn't it?
4: It is significant, yeah. Um, so our 321 Go Neon event takes place on the third month and Three kilometres is to represent the triplication of the 21st chromosome. Mm -hmm. So the word neon represents probably the northeast here. And um, the colour is also very bright and cheerful. So we think that's like the families and children that are here at the centre.
1: Yeah, it really yeah, um, is. I, I love that. And it's like an excuse to, to don all this really bright colours, go mad with it and, and, and raise funds for, for a great cause. And the event as well is coming up in and around World Down Syndrome Day. Another really fun way as well to show support for uh, people who are uh, living with Down Syndrome. It's on the 21st of March, isn't that right?
4: Absolutely, yeah. And we have two events actually that week uh, here at the centre. We have the 321 going on on the 26th of March. And we have the Lots of Socks on the 21st of March. Uh, So it's a busy busy week that week for our centre. But um, our our Lots of Socks event uh, takes place on World Down Syndrome Day. And uh, the idea of this event is just for people to wear odd socks on the Mm -hmm. day, just to raise and create awareness for Down Syndrome. Um, The centre here in Carrick uh, is actually hosting a coffee morning on World Down Syndrome Day. Uh, which is open for the public from 10 to 2. Um, it's just an opportunity really for people to visit the centre and mm-hmm. you know, sort of meet some of the parents, staff and therapists and to really get an insight into to what we do here at the centre. And, yeah. uh, we, we extend, we're extending this invitation to anyone, anyone listening here that would be interested.
1: Fantastic. And, and you know, the funds as well, not just from World Down Syndrome Day, but also for the Go Neon event is going directly to centres like yourself. So tell us more about the centre and the work that you do there.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's a, a wide range of uh, services that we offer here at the centre, um, to name a few probably, uh, counselling, music therapy, occupational therapy, speech and language therapy, early intervention groups, uh, handwriting classes, social groups, uh, musical sensory classes. Uh, talks, seminars, workshops. So we really, really have a lot of a lot of Lots services of, to, o- yeah. Yeah, to offer. Um, but yeah, all, all of these are offered to families either for free or heavily, heavily subs- subsidised.
1: Fantastic. Um, so this is all going towards that to keep that going, which is brilliant. So tell me about the event itself then. How can we sign up? How can we take part? It's happening on the 26th of March.
4: 26th of March, yeah. So uh, people can log on to wwwdscnortheastee slash events and register there. Um
1: and it's all and virtual so people just kind of get a group together themselves and they go off and do it isn't it all, all,
4: all a virtual event yeah so I meaning and anyone anywhere at any time on the 26th of March can take part and yeah we just really want to create a buzz on the day so we just want people to have a bit of fun with it dress up in bright colourful colourful things and just walk three kilometres um, we'll also be using a hashtag on the day mm-hmm. 321 go neon so we'd love for people taking part you know use the hashtag and send, it, send, send all the photos on
1: fantastic and the Another great thing about this is that people that have family or friends abroad have gotten involved in this, which is a lovely way to connect with people overseas.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We had people from America,
1: China, Australia last year, you know, so it's a really, it's an, it's an open event for anyone to take part from the four corners of the world. Fantastic. Well, Ben, I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Shane. Thanks a million. So for more details on this and to sign up to the 321 Go Neon event, it's happening 26th of March. All of the details, dscnortheast.ie forward slash events. We're in five, finishing the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. As always, I'll chat to you tomorrow.
0: The 11 to 1 show.